Do you think that classical music is not for you and you don't know where to start? Or maybe you're a fan already and would welcome a fresh approach. You've come to the right place. Perfect pitch is for everyone, beginners or experts, whatever your age. Lend Nick Healy Hutchinson your ears for his weekly dose of classical music that will enrich your life. I've mentioned the name Rafe Vaughan Williams on a number of occasions, and it's time we gave his music an airing. Born 15 years after his fellow countryman Edward Elgar in 1872, which makes this year the 150th anniversary of that event, he was to outlive him by nearly 25 years when he died in 1958, the year of my own birth as it happens, and for good measure, the exact date for that actually being today, depending when you're listening of course. I've also said how I don't think English music is actually characterised or defined by the work of Elgar as much as it is by Vaughan Williams, because Vaughan Williams was much more interested in folk song and thus developing a quintessentially English sound. In this regard, he was much more in tune with the likes of George Butterworth, who died and remains unfound at the Battle of the Somme, as well as Gustav Holtz, he of the planet's fame, with whom he enjoyed a lifelong friendship. So his legacy and influence can actually be said to be considerably greater than Elgar's, in my view. It's certainly less nationalistic and more exploratory, and in its sometimes dreamy quality, it's a sound which you recognise instantly as English. But there's also a huge variety of sounds and styles. I doubt you will find another composer with such a broad canvas as you will encounter in his symphonies. In a poll not long ago, his piece for violin and piano, The Lark Ascending, was voted this country's most popular piece of classical music. So there's no need to play that. One of the folk songs on which he based the composition was Dives and Lazarus. A principal theme is followed by five variations. And, as well as being a lovely melody, it encapsulates perfectly that quintessentially English identity. Form Williams' Five Variants on Dives and Lazarus is played here by the Academy of St Martin in the Fields, conducted by Neville Mariner.
That perfectly lovely resolution right at the end, with a shift of key, is Vaughan Williams through and through, and a sound all his own. And here, perhaps, is the most famous English folk song of all. Greensleeves had its origins in the 16th century, although it's unlikely that a widely held belief of Henry VIII being its composer as a gift for his future queen, Anne Boleyn, fits with the style of the period. So it's more likely to be a little later. The title, by the way, and indeed its charm, may not be as innocent as it sounds. Greensleeves might well be a straightforward reference to the consequence of certain ladies not discarding unnecessary items of clothing for availing their sexual favours al fresco. Greensleeves is sung here by the King's Singers. Bye. 
And whilst we're on the subject of patriotic music, let's turn once more to Antonin Dvorak, whose music is so full of joy. He came to epitomise Czech music like no other, having taken his lead from Smetana. Unlike so many composers for whom recognition quite often came after they died, Dvorak was held in high esteem during his life, not only his native land of Bohemia, but in the rest of continental Europe too, as well as London, which he visited on a number of occasions. His Ninth Symphony, so-called The New World, was an instant success, after its premiere in New York, and his reputation was only going to go one way after that. Brahms, who by contrast had no support amongst his contemporaries in the musical world whatsoever, apart from Robert and Clara Schumann, was Dvorak's greatest champion. He even tried to persuade him to come and live in Vienna, but Dvorak was too dedicated to his motherland. One of his great skills, for which he was envied, was his ability to knock up pieces with extraordinary speed, and his serenade for strings is one such example, which he completed in less than a fortnight. The second movement, marked as a waltz, although it does in fact incorporate a couple of other dances as well, has this infectious joy I mentioned earlier. It's fresh and innocent, and it's easy to imagine a young couple dancing to it. It's sweetness itself. The second movement of Dvorak's Serenade for Strings is played here by the Berlin Philharmonic Orchestra, conducted by Herbert von Karajan.
We've already heard the voice of one of the Southern Hemisphere's great exports, Dame Joan Sutherland, singing the part of Gilda in Rigoletto. It's high time we heard the voice of another from New Zealand, namely Kiri de Kanawa. The launch of her international career was down to her talent being spotted by John Cosby, who cast her as the Countess in Mozart's Marriage of Figaro in the annual Santa Fe Opera Festival in Mexico in 1971. He actually pulled off a double whammy on that occasion by casting Frederica von Stade as Cherubino, the first time she had sung that role, which many would argue has not been surpassed. You might remember that I gave you a little taste of that in an earlier podcast. When de Carnoua repeated the part of Covent Garden later that year, the critics went mad with delight. She went on to have a glittering career, focusing with particular success on the roles of Mozart and Richard Strauss. And one of my own few celebrity highlights was meeting and talking with her after a concert performance of the final aria by the Countess in Capriccio. I can only say that she's an outstanding exception of the rule that you should never meet your heroes or heroines. Here she is in a 1979 recording with George Scholte and the Chicago Symphony Orchestra of Ihr habt nun Traurigkeit, You Now Have Sorrow, from Brahms's German Requiem. You may remember that the piece is not a requiem in the traditional manner, inasmuch as it's not so much for the dead as it is to console the living. And that's exactly what this particular extract is about. Something we all need from time to time. You now have sorrow, but I shall see you again, and your heart shall rejoice. And your joy no one will take from you. I will console you as one is consoled by his mother.
That's it for now. Thank you for listening to Perfect Pitch with Nick Healy Hutchinson. He'll be back again next week with some more treasures for you, so please do join him then. And you can subscribe to this podcast by clicking on the link below.